The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Romans chapter 6, we're going to continue speaking on the Christian's life and um, over the last uh, seven lessons we focused on our divine calls from God. Uh, If you recall, we talked about our call to salvation, which is the election and grace from God. We talked about uh, the call to sanctification, which is the equipping work of God in the life of the believer. We talked about the call to service, which uh, we explained the empowerment of God so that we could, in fact, do the work that God has called us to do. We talked about the call to separation, that we are to be a peculiar people, uh, apart from this world, and, and, and not conform to this world, but transform, uh, we're taught, by the renewing of our mind. We talked about the call to sonship, that dealing with our adoption and our inheritance and our, our, our joint inheritance with Christ the Lord. We talked about the call to subjection and that we are to be subject to the authority of God in our life. Our life is not our own. We are bought with a price. We are subject to the, to the will and purpose of God. And then we talked about our call to suffering. And we, we explained that that deals with the endurance of the believer, that we are to endure hardships, that we are to endure disappointments, that we are, we are not to consider ourselves entitled, but we are to accept uh, all things that God brings to our life with joy and with, with foreknowledge that, that God has ordained these things and that we are to endure them uh, in faith. So now I'd like to turn to another section of our study on the Christian life. And this morning we're going to begin discussing the believer's doctrine. Look with me at Romans chapter 6, please. And let's begin at verse number 17. We read here, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin... And become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you brought us together today. And, and Lord, I have, I have a task this morning that's just not possible for a mere man to do. To teach the word of God is it's just not possible for me. But through your spirit and by your grace and with your blessing, Father, we can learn things from your word today that would strengthen us, that would edify us, that would help us uh, to to live for you. So I pray then, Father, that you would instruct us today, that uh, we would be your tools 
and you would be our teacher. Thank you for this time now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Before we embark upon the elements of the believer's doctrine, I believe it's important that we understand a few basic facts concerning doctrine first. Um, In all the years I taught in our high school and I taught teenagers, I, I taught them many different subjects, uh, before I could get to the difficult and, and complicated things of, of math, which for some of my students I never could get them past the difficult things of math, uh, science, history, English, literature, grammar, all these things, you have to have a knowledge, an understanding of the concepts, right? I think we all understand that. You have to, you have to understand basic facts before you can begin to understand complicated facts. So today I want to start right at the beginning here, and I want, to, I, want to, I want us to understand the very ground root facts concerning doctrine. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Number one on your study sheets this morning, we're going to talk about doctrine defined. That's always a good place to start, is to define what you're talking about. Now, when we talk about doctrine, uh, depending on how many people you talk to, you'll probably get different opinions about what exactly is doctrine. And if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you know that there are a lot of doctrines out there. A lot of doctrines. Some of them are very similar, right? Some of them are vastly different. Some doctrines that that are out there are so, are so easy to identify as a false doctrine, we, we, never, become, we never become entangled with those. We never, we never become uh, drawn toward those. But then there are other doctrines which in their foundation are, are similar with, with, some, with some things along the way that are different. And these are the doctrines that often confuse us and, and can trip us up. Many years ago, I, I had someone tell me, the best way to, for the devil to fight you as a believer is to get as close to the truth as possible. And I, I've heard it said, the more, that, the, more that a, 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 the more that a doctrine is like our doctrine, the more trouble it gives us. So we need to understand that we are going to face Varying doctrines. Jesus even spoke about this in Scripture. He talked about doctrines of devils and, and the doctrines of the, of the Pharisees. And he talked about different doctrines. And he warned, his, he warned his disciples that there are many doctrines out there. And you and I need to understand this. Now, in a general sense, what is doctrine? Doctrine is teaching. That's exactly what doctrine is. It's teaching. That which is taught is doctrine. So... It is a principle or a position in any philosophy or science which is laid down as true by an instructor or a master. And I know I'll, I'll repeat that. It's, it is a principle or position in any philosophy or science which is laid down as truth by an instructor or a master. In other words... The doctrines of the gospel are the principles or truths taught by Jesus Christ 
and his apostles. This is what we refer to as spiritual doctrines, the doctrines of the gospel. Um, the doctrines of Plato are Plato's doctrines. The doctrines of, of uh, what's his name over there in Houston? I, I, don't even, I, I pay little attention to him, but um, what's his name? Osteen. The doctrines of Osteen is Osteen doctrine. So we need to understand, we, we, we don't, I don't want to throw the term doctrine around loosely, but you need to understand that when a man stands and teaches, he is teaching you doctrine. And what he is putting forth as truth is what he considers to be his doctrine. So you can understand why it's so important that when we refer to our doctrine, that we are referring to spiritual doctrine, to biblical doctrine. And we need to make sure that we are applying all of the, all of the uh, requirements for something to be true doctrine so that we are following true doctrine. I know lots of, lots of good people all around this country who, who follow men, who follow teachers, preachers. And even if you open the Bible and show them something from the Bible, they're going to reject that. Because they're going, to, they're going to believe their teacher. They're going to believe they're, they're, they're the person that's setting out truth to them. So where do, I, where do our loyalties lie? We need to determine that. We'll talk about that a little bit. A doctrine may be true or false. It may be a mere tenet or opinion. So we, we need to accept and understand that simply because something is presented as doctrine does not validate it as truth. So we need to weigh every, every doctrine. We need to weigh every doctrine against what? The Word of God. Every, everything that we, that's presented to you as doctrine must be weighed against, it must be measured against the Word of God. For this is God's doctrine. There are certain undeniable proofs that validate truth. And these proofs must be applied to our doctrine before it can be approved. So what are these, what are these proofs? Well, number one, letter A on your sheet is this. Truth does not change. Truth does not change. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6-9, I marvel, Paul writes, that you are, are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. A truth that changes is not truth. Do you hear me? A truth that changes is merely a philosophy. Truth never changes. I have, a, I have an aunt who lies. And she lies so much, she'd forget what her lie from one, from one story to the next. She would forget her lies. And her stories always changed. Ever so little, but they always changed. You ever meet someone like that? 
That's because, that's because lies are never the same. But truth never changes. It's always the same. Philosophies change as people change. But truth is always truth. True doctrine remains unaltered from the beginning unto the present. The same doctrine that God gave Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden is still true today. It has not changed. It will not change. It cannot change. It follows a successive path throughout time and eternity. True doctrine does not change because its master does not change. I grow weary in our society today of the, of the, and I'm going to use this term, don't, don't, don't get upset with me, of the evolution of Christian philosophies. You know, Christian philosophies have evolved. Do you know that? From the, from the beginning of time till now, oh, it's changed a lot, hasn't it? And the things that even, even 50 years ago when I was a little boy, uh, the things that, that were commonplace among unsaved people 50 years ago are now commonplace among Christian people today. Now, truth never changed. What was true 50 years ago is still true today. What was true 100 years ago is still true today. What was true 6,000 years ago is still true today. But people change, don't they? And opinions change. And philosophies change. And here we are today. So we need to be careful. In Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, we read, For I am the Lord, I change not. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, we read, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So if we're going to measure something, if we're going to take teaching, and if we're going to accept it as truth, then we must measure it against the unchanging, unalterable, uncompromising Word of God. That's why, you know, I love, I love Pastor Smith, love him with all my heart, but when he preaches, I have my Bible. And I better recognize what he's saying. And if I don't recognize what he's saying, I need to get in the Bible and study and find out what is the truth. Because if what he is saying is not, does not measure up to the truth of the word of God, then what he is saying is false. It's as simple as that. So we have to be careful. Truth does not change. Let it be. Second thing about truth is truth does not compromise. It doesn't compromise. In Job chapter 11 and verse 4, we read, For thou hast said, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thine eyes. Truth never compromises. Truth is pure from error. There can be no variableness in truth. It must be perfect... And it must be unblemished if it will be truth. Otherwise, it's just opinion. It's philosophy. 
I'm sure if Brian and I sat down and talked about things in life, we'd probably find a lot of things that we don't necessarily agree on. But you know what we can absolutely agree on? is true doctrine. We can absolutely agree on that because that does not compromise. We may not, we may not agree on, on, on um, how to cook a brisket. <laughs> we may not agree on a lot of different things. But as far as our doctrine is concerned, there's only one true doctrine. And it won't, it does not, comp- truth does not compromise. Such is the doctrine followed by Job, a doctrine that was delivered unto him by God. And we know that this is true. In Job chapter 42 and verse 7, God answered Job's accusers. And we read, and it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, and uh, the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. See, these men had, had compromising opinions. They had compromising philosophies. And they tried to, they tried to present those to Job as doctrine. And God says, my wrath is kindled against you. For ye have not spoken truth. God hates lying, by the way. Do you know that? God hates lying. And men who stand in pulpits and teach and preach false doctrine will not go unpunished. The Lord is sure in that. Truth does not compromise. The same rings true today. We cannot mingle the truth of God with the lies of men. Oh, how many times have I... Have I, have I seen this over the, over the years? Men want to take the word of God, but they want, to, they want to twist it and make it conform to their life. You ever seen that? Huh? You've known people like that? They twist the word of God so that it, 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 it fits them, their need, instead of, instead of altering themselves to fit the word of God. We cannot mingle the truth of God with the lives of men. Our doctrine must be pure and undefiled, not polluted by the world. We read in Romans chapter 1 and verse 25 concerning these false teachers of doctrine who, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And we see Paul tells us that men will change doctrine. They will twist doctrine. They will compromise truth so that they can feel righteous in themselves. We must be careful with this. So when I come to a point in my life where I'm trying to determine what is the truth, what is right, and it does not, it does not fit the word of God, then it is not, it is not true doctrine. And I must not Embrace it in my life. I must, I must change my opinions. I must change my philosophies. I must alter my way of thinking to conform with God's word. This is how we develop true doctrine in our lives. So truth does not change. It does not compromise. And thirdly, letter C, truth does not corrupt. Truth does not Corrupt. In John chapter 16, we read, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, 
He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and he shall show it unto you. Truth never corrupts. Doctrine does not corrupt. True doctrine does not corrupt men. It edifies men. It builds them up in Christ. I've had people come to me over the years and, and they, they, they'll say something like this. They'll say, well, you know, I, I did what the word of God told me and look where I ended up. And I'll always tell them, whoa, stop right there. Stop right there because the Bible teaches us that the spirit of God never leads us into error. And if you end up in error, you ended up there because of yourself. Don't blame God. Don't blame his word. Don't blame the Holy Spirit. Don't blame doctrine. Because God's word never leads us into error. Never. Now, it might lead us into discomfort. It might even lead us into disappointment. But it never leads us into error. So when you, find, when you wake up and find yourself in error, go to the mirror and point your finger and say, you did this to me. Because that's, that's where the problem lies. Truth never corrupts. Truth does not corrupt. Any doctrine that points to anyone or anything other than Christ is a corrupted doctrine. Every cult in this world centers on a person other than Jesus Christ. And that includes Catholicism, by the way, which is the biggest cult in the world. I told my brother this once, and he said, oh, Catholicism isn't a cult? I said, you, you kidding me? And, and I take offense with, with Catholicism because it has my family wrapped up. And I, I detest it. I'm not going to say I hate it because we're not supposed to hate anything. But I detest the doctrine of the Roman Catholic. Because it is a corrupt doctrine that condemns souls to hell. Um, but Mormonism is just as bad. Hmm? Joseph Smith, Buddhism, Islam, Jehovah's Witnesses. All these, all these cults point to corruptible men and not to the incorruptible, unchanging, inerrant Son of God, Jesus Christ. So truth does not corrupt. True doctrine will never corrupt a person. Truth does not change, it does not compromise, and it does not corrupt. So our doctrine must meet these proofs of truth. Our doctrines must be able to, 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 to measure up against the standard of the infallible word of God. And, and if it does not, then we need to find the true doctrine. And where do we find true doctrine? There's only one place to find it. It's in the word of God. Men, some people act like it's a mystery. It's not a mystery. It's in the Bible. And the, if, if, if you can't discern truth from the Bible, 
get ready. I'm going to give you some real, I'm going to give you, this is free. This is, if you can't discern truth from the word of God, that's because you're not one of his children. Because the Bible says that these things are spiritually discerned and natural man cannot receive them. Natural man, unsaved men can, can spend a lifetime studying this book and they won't glean one bit of wisdom or truth because it's spiritually discerned. And if they do glean any while they're preaching, studying it, it's only because the Holy Spirit was trying to reveal enough truth to them so that they would become convicted and turn to Christ. We, we, can't, we can't think too, too highly of ourselves, folks. No, if, if I've learned anything in the last 35 years as a Christian, it's because of Christ. It's because of the Holy Spirit. It's by the grace of God. Paul said, it's but by God's grace that I am what I am. And so we must understand that. So, first, we define doctrine as spiritual truth, and it must meet the criteria of truth. But then secondly today, I want to talk about doctrine determined. Now that we've defined doctrine, and hopefully we understand what constitutes true doctrine, let us proceed to determine our doctrine. Well, in Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove it is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what is the process in determining true doctrine? Well, Paul outlined it for us right there. It begins, letter A in your study sheet under point two, it begins with commitment. To determine true doctrine, we must, we must have commitment. Commitment to what? Commitment to Christ. In Romans 12.1, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You're never going to determine true doctrine unless you commit yourself to, to being a disciple of Christ, unless you commit to following the Lord. It's a total commitment to God. Every great saint of God came to this conclusion. If you, if you go back and study all the, all the lives of all the men in the, in the Bible that, that were disciples of Christ or apostles or, or, or prophet, good prophets or men that, men that served the Lord, you'll find this, this one thing in all of their lives, and that is commitment. They were committed to Christ. We commit to a lot of things today, by the way. I mean, I, I, I see people making commitments all the time. Why is it that men find it so difficult to commit to Christ? I mean, you, 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 you have to acknowledge that. You know people all over that make commitments to things, right? They commit to, they commit to a job or they commit to... to uh, to buy a home, okay? They commit, oh, I'm going to buy this house. And they make a commitment for what? 30 years. I'm going to pay all this money for 30. And they commit to this and they commit to that. But you come to them and you ask them to commit to Christ and oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. But you find that the great men of God committed. Psalm 37, verses 5 and 6. 
David writes, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. In Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon writes, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And we can go throughout the Bible and find that, that the great men of God all made a commitment. And if we are going to, if we are going to grow in our life and develop good doctrine, we are going to have to be committed to, to Christ and committed to obeying Him and following Him and allowing Him to teach us that doctrine. Our doctrine will be determined by where our commitments lay. I got, I got saved uh, 34 years ago, almost 35 years ago. It'll be 35 years this month. And when I got saved, I made a commitment. I made a commitment to follow the Lord. Now, I'm certainly not setting myself up an example, and I'm not perfect. And if you don't believe me, my wife's sitting right over there. She can, I'm sure she has a list of things she can give you to confirm I'm not perfect. But I'm pretty sure she can also tell you that I have been committed to the Lord all these years. Now, did I always have the right doctrines? Well, I, in some areas, no. Because as I, as I developed and grew, some, some, of the, some of the doctrines of the Bible, I, I either didn't hear them or didn't learn them or whatever. But you know what? When, when I hear true doctrine, when, I, when, I, when, I, when it measures up, I get on board with it. And, and, and we need to be committed. And that commitment then leads us to, second, correction. Letter B, this leads to correction. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's a change. Listen, none of us are born knowing all the right doctrines, right? But when we hear, when we hear something and we say, what? What is that? And we go to the Word of God and we, we investigate it, and we find that it's true, and what do we do? Well, I need to change. I need, I need to change myself to conform to this doctrine, because this is true doctrine. But you're not going to do that unless you're committed to Christ. Amen? Unless you're first committed, you're not going to correct Once we've committed our lives to God, a transformation begins to take place. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When we get saved, we, we're changed. God changes us, and, and, and our heart changes, and our mind changes. And as we hear truth, we begin to investigate that truth and we go to the word of God and we measure it against the standards of truth and when we know it to be true doctrine we change ourselves we we conform we we transform into the image of the son of God so we make a commitment and that commitment leads us to correction and then the result is confirmation the result is confirmation Romans chapter 12 verse 2 that ye may prove Paul said, what is that good and acceptable 
and perfect will of God. In other words, we know true doctrine when we see it and hear it. Matthew chapter 7, we read, a good, tree, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. And as we grow and develop in Christ, we learn to hear and recognize the truth of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. So we, 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 we seek our, our doctrine. We have doctrine defined. We, we have doctrine determined. And, and we, we learn true doctrine through commitment, by, by committing our life to Christ, and, and by, by uh, heeding to the, to the doctrines we learn and correcting our life to conform. And then we, we confirm true doctrine and, and we grow and develop thereby. But then there's a third thing about doctrine I want us to see today, and that is this, doctrine delivered. So we've looked at the definition of doctrine. We've looked at the determination of doctrine. Now today, let's, let's consider the deliverance of doctrine as we, as we open this study. In 1 John chapter 1, we read this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, uh, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Now listen what John says. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now remember, when I began the lesson this morning, I defined doctrine as teaching. And, and that's what it is. Doctrine is teaching. So it is not only important to know what is taught, but it is equally important to know who is teaching it. Because don't forget, Jesus said there are doctrines of the devil. And there are doctrines of the Pharisees, and there are doctrines of the Sadducees. So, there is some importance in knowing who is teaching what you're learning. So it's important to know this. The apostles made it very clear to us that they have furthered the teachings of Christ. They did not, they did not deliver unto us, the Word of God tells us, they did not deliver unto us cunningly devised fables. But the things that they saw and heard with their own eyes, with their own eyes and ears, they have taught to us. Um, in, in 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter writes, Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not follow, followed cunningly devised fables, when we have made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And, and Peter is telling us uh, that we have truth. We have truth. And, and who is the foundation of our truth? Jesus Christ. Who taught, who has delivered all these doctrines unto, unto you and I? Jesus delivered these doctrines unto who? His disciples. His disciples delivered them unto who? 
the churches. And down through the centuries, the church has perpetuated the doctrines of Christ, right? Are we all in agreement with that? That the church has perpetuated down through the centuries the teachings of, of Christ, uh, which began with he and his, his, his disciples. So folks, we have to, that's why I told you, I, I love our pastor, and I trust him. But he's accountable, amen? He, he's accountable. He's accountable for what, I'm accountable. I'm accountable for what I say. And by the way, you're accountable too. When you witness to people at work, when you witness to your family and friends, you're accountable for what you say. We are perpetuating the doctrines of Christ. And therefore, what we, what we deliver must be truth. We must be true to the Word of God. That's why it's important that we study the Bible. You parents, you, you need to impart truth to your children who will in turn impart truth to their children. You need to impart truth to, to members of your family, to, as I said, to the people you work with, all these things. And so we must be accountable for all that we say. And everything that we say must be reconcilable with the Word of God. Do you understand why it's so important? That you study God's word. Because he's going to hold you accountable. For what you have said. He is going to. He, you are going to have to reconcile. I am going to have to reconcile. Everything I've said. Concerning truth. All these years. Now that's a humbling thought isn't it? Now I didn't. I didn't quite get through all of my notes. But I think. I think we got the gist of what I was talking about this morning. Listen, when we talk about doctrine, it's not a light thing. We're going to spend eight or nine studies just on doctrine. And I hope that, that, that when, we, when we're done with this study, we'll have a better understanding and appreciation for our responsibility with regards to the doctrine that we follow. All right, folks, thanks for being here this morning, and we are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www dot bbaptist dot org